about to hear a life-changing message preached at Revival International Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In Matthew 22, verse 37, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay preaches a powerful message. If you love the Lord, you are doing the most important thing. God is the definition of love, and we must respond to his great love for us by loving him back. So let us listen into this anointed word and make loving God our most important duty and be daily lovers of God with our whole being. Be blessed. Put your trust in you. There is no other, there is no other faithful God. So love in the truth. Those who know, mate, I want you to dance. Go, 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 go. go. There is no other, there is no other faithful God. So love in the truth. Oh, how I love you. Go, 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 go. Oh, how I love you. for the Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Today is Valentine's Sunday, dubbed Greater Love Sunday. What a blessing. Bible says there is no greater love than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. No love is greater than that. <laughs> Peradventure, you may even lay up down your life for a good man. But especially when the person is a sinner. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about it. Think deeply about that love. When he saw that it was desperate, nothing could save mankind. The only thing is an exchange. Satan took his son. Adam. First Adam. Now for him to get the rest of the world, he had to sacrifice the second Adam himself. This time not done by Satan, but he had to sacrifice him. Just like Abraham sacrificed his son Isaac, at least desired to. Father, as we reflect on this, May your presence make an appearance in a strong way. May your spirit descend upon us. May the spirit of love be found in this church, in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. May your word do that work. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Please turn to somebody and tell the person I love you. Tell three people I love you. I love you. I love you. And tell the person, don't get any ideas. I mean the love of the Lord. The love, I love you with the love of God. 
clap for the Lord Jesus. And tell the pastor, well, if you have any ideas to you, let's discuss it with pastor. Clap, may you please be seated. All right. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, what a church. When you say what a church, what's your response? What a church. Then you respond, what a family. What a church. What a church. Beautiful. Today, I want to share from a special book. I don't know whether it's here. It's called, If You Love the Lord. If You Love the Lord. Hallelujah. If You Love the Lord. You know? You know, last week, I think I shared something with you for those who were here. Do you remember the supply chain? Is it supply chain they call it? Assembly line. You know, how I talked about the fact that the process, the process, that when parents, when children are born, there's a timeline that the parents are supposed to train the child to become mature enough, ready to be shipped, you know, delivered. So it's almost like an assembly line. And I talked about the fact that, you know, many people, you know, there's a liberty. The Bible says that chastise your child while there is still hope and spare not for his crying. I mean, when a child is crying, don't worry. You're doing the right thing. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Do you get the point? You're doing the right thing. And even the police know that when you spank a child, it's the right thing. Don't be deceived. It's when you abuse a child that is not right. When you spank a child, it's okay. And we talked about the fact that, you know, when you go to the assembly line, when they are doing, making the process, I don't know whether we are processing whatever we are processing. Let's say a drink. Now, it starts with a syrup, perhaps. And then the bottle. The bottle comes, and then they put the bottles in line. And then there is supposed to be something you have to add. Maybe the syrup, it goes in. And then it keeps going. The assembly line is running, running, running. Then at a certain point, it is another fizzy something. Then it's put in. Then another point is something. Then we add the water. Then we add the disinfectant, something. And then it keeps going until finally you put the case around it, you close it, you seal it, and then it gets to the delivery. Then from there, it can be packaged and shipped. Every step of the process is important. Now, if you miss any step, you will realize that it will go around and it will stop because it doesn't stop. It does not stop. And sometimes that's why we do a recall. And so there are people that may be at the point that the mother was supposed to teach the child to cook. She could, they couldn't cook. Now they went to school, they couldn't cook. So they spend a lot of money on junk food. They become obese. They spend a lot of time, whatever. It's still going. And the students, they don't like cooking. So they, nobody teaches them to cook. And then it keeps going. And then it gets somewhere. Now it comes to a spouse. Married, shipped, but cannot cook. Defective. Somebody, the child is mom. And then he's swinging at the mom. Swinging at the mom. The mom says, stop it. Stop it. Don't do that again that without mom. any strength. And then the boy feels swinging is okay. By the time you realize swinging at the teacher at the wrong place. Now swinging at everybody. And then the police have to come in. 
and finished product. Nobody talks because teachers are not supposed to talk. So it keeps going until perhaps gets to the workplace. Now they said you shouldn't spank students. So teachers leave them. Then they get to the workplace. Now they are fired all the time. And you think that's a curse. It's not a curse. It's a defective product. When they were swinging, now swinging at colleagues, swinging at bosses, and each time they are fired. Sometimes they get fired, they get another job, they get fired. Then you get. Now the boss has to become a mother. Father, now reprimanding all the time. If you do this again, this is what, this is what should have been done by the mother. Firing is like time out. And sometimes the police have to interfere as parents to lock up the person to do your time out you didn't do when you're a child. It was running. Running. On the supply chain, on the assembly line. But it doesn't stop. The assembly line doesn't stop. If you don't put it there, it will go to the next stage. And then sometimes, I told you, they come into marriage. Still unfinished. Can't cook. Doesn't know how to talk. It's still dirty. Still swings. And now there's always trouble. Divorce one, divorce two, divorce three. All that is due to sometimes a parent that didn't do well. And therefore have to be shipped out, defective. Doesn't know how to talk. Doesn't know how to dress. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an important thing. But last week I told you that that is the cause of a lot of trouble. A lot of school dropout. A lot of delinquent children, uh, I mean, <laughs> a lot of locking up in jail, a lot of misbehavior. Sometimes what is called ADHD is because some punishment was not instituted. And therefore, psychiatrists have to label that bad behavior as a psychiatric illness. No. It's not all, but sometimes it is. Then, in marriage, they call it irreconcilable differences. They don't know what it is, but it's defective. Parents take charge of your children. Yeah. Sometimes a child is swinging at the parent. It didn't start at that big-breasted or big-muscled. No, it didn't start there. You should have spanked that child before the child spanked you. Any child that spanks an adult is not, it's not an accident. You spank me, I will spank you three times. I'll tell you. You will never spank anybody again. Yeah. A child who spanks slaps a parent and says, stop that. It's just a child. No. Abuse is not responded to counsel. It's not counsel we use for an abusive child. Yeah. You have to spank the child until he feels abused. But it's not abuse. It's the training, treating of abuse. A child slaps me. A child slaps me. I'll slap your bottom red. <laughs> the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. They come wide with foolishness. And the rod of correction will send it far from him. Yeah. A man was telling me, hey man, you know, I just wanted to give my child space. I told him, I said, there is no space for any child when they are living under your roof. The, all space is your space. Yeah. 
And all the parents who give secrets, password, you give iPhone, you give all the... I wish we could show that iPad kid video here. That you cause your children to be trained by iPad, phone, and things. This is a thing. Everybody in the world is training them except you. So I told you, the most important thing a parent needs for a child is a parent's word. Your words, counseling, the rod of your mouth, the rod of correction. You don't talk to them. You make the iPad do the talking. Defective products. There will be a recall. They may be in school. They will come back home. They may be at work. They will drop and then come and eat your kitchen. They may be married, but they will come back and you have to marry them yourself. It's called recall. Don't wait for a recall before you see what you did wrong. And if you did something wrong, there's nothing wrong with correcting it. I told my children, it doesn't matter whether you're 26. So long as I pay your fees, I control your space. That's why they are called minor, because I am the major. They are minor. Treat them as minors. Some of us, our children are like gods in the house. Nobody can touch them. Don't touch. How come my, my child can talk to you about certain things? How come my child and cannot talk to me? Because they know you can't talk to them. That's why they say it takes a village to raise a child. No one parent has all that it takes to raise a child. So when somebody spanks your child, be happy. Yeah. When even a teacher spanks your child, don't go and fight the teacher. That will be the end. That child sees it. Anybody I fight, my mother will fight the person. They will fight and fight the police one day. Yeah. And it's all because you fought the person that was fighting their foolishness. Sometimes parents don't want to acknowledge that I didn't do right. And somebody has seen my mistake and is trying to correct. Truth. And all those parents who fight your spouse, when your spouse is spanking, you are irresponsible. You are irresponsible. It's true. Those days, if they spank you at school and you come home, you get another spanking. Another spanking. You get another spanking. But now, you come and report, the teacher rather gets a spanking from you. That defective product. And then you ship it out. But today I have good news for you. Somebody said there's good news. Somebody said there's good news. So last week I told you about Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 8. Right? I told you that God sent a word. Who can quote it? Come and quote it for me. Come and quote it for me. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 8. Don't look on them. No, just quote it. Tell the adults that we have scriptures inside of us. Isaiah 9 verse 8. And the Lord sent a message into Jacob and he had lighted upon upon what? Israel. Good. Clap for her. Who else can quote it? We taught all the young people. Come, come, come and quote it, my, my, my friend. My dear. Come. <laughs> Isaiah 9 verse 8. The Lord has sent 
a word into Jacob, and it has lightened upon Israel. Wow, clap for him. Do you want to quote another scripture? Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. You don't want to quote it. I told you, quote it every morning and every night. Right, Psalm 119, verse 11. Avida, come and quote it. Oh, oh, Ofambi, you want to quote it? Come. Clap for him. Come, come, come. This is what we've been teaching your children. I'll explain why. Quote it, quote it. Psalm 119, verse 11. That word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Quote it again. And finish it well. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sit against thee. Psalm 119, verse 11. Beautiful. Please clap for him. All your teenagers. Now we are going into scriptures. And it's because of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 8. He said, God, the Lord sent, had sent a word into Jacob. Into Jacob. The trickster supplanted the thief and processed and processed. Still on the assembly line. And then had to be ejected. But who made the difference in Jacob's life? The guy who was a thief, a supplanter, a deceiver. God came into his life. And the word which he didn't get from the mother, from the father, God decided to infuse it into him. Today I have a news for you that God is called the everlasting father. It doesn't matter how far you've gotten on the assembly line. You may have been shipped. But if the Lord takes you up as the everlasting father what your parent couldn't do what your mother couldn't do what the police couldn't do what your boss couldn't do the word of god will infuse you with the right word clap for the lord jesus it's another chance at correction any christian the lord sent a word into jacob and it's had lighted upon him as Israel, a spiritual person, a transformed person, a person who was far better, the version of God. And that's how does it happen? And you can see Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. You go up, how does he do it? He said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, right? And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He will take over the government. You will be under new government. Your parents' government may have failed. That is why in the church, God calls everybody the child of God, children of God. Until Wilmina, if until Wilmina missed something from the parent, it can still be infused. At 80-something, beautiful girl like that, still waiting for her beloved. Beautiful girl. She's a girl, even the way she's dressed. Amen. So in the church, what you should know is that God is our father and never changes. He said he's called, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He will take over the government. He will take it. He will take your burden upon his shoulders. He will do what you are supposed to do. Nobody should lose hope, no matter what your child is. If you can just push the child over to God or that spouse over to God, something will change. Because of this, first of all, he will take over the government. And number two, his name, his name, God's name shall be called wonderful. You'll be amazed at what he'll do. Look at a pimp like me has become a preacher like me. I used to be a pimp. I, I, I was raised in a nightclub. That's why I was raised. You don't know that. You don't know everything about your pastor. Because 
he took the government from my parents onto his shoulders. And his name is wonderful. He does wonderful things. Counselor, he has counseled me. Sometimes the parents do no counseling, but the Lord will counsel your child. Yeah. You should have seen the children as they are being taught yesterday in the evening from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock as we're talking and people were taking in the word and they, were, they are changing and changing. He's called counselor, the mighty God. He's so great. Sometimes parents, when the children grow and they become, they have muscles, they can't do, you can't do much to them. But God is mighty. He's a mighty God. He, nobody's greater than him. Yeah, you can be strong and have muscles like James. Tall like Jarvis. Yeah. You can be young girl like Auntie Wilmina, but he will still speak to you. He's mighty. The beautiful thing I like is he's the everlasting father. His fathering never lasts, never finishes. Every age. Every stage on the assembly line. Every process that was not processed. He fixes it. Yeah. Look. When we started the marriage, I was a wife abuser. Oh, yeah, yeah, you won't believe it. I was a wife abuser, verbal and physical. As I subjected myself to the word, Suddenly I changed. Now I give compliments and I massage the wife. From abuser to a massager. There is hope. Tell someone there is hope. There is hope for every child, for every person. The police don't have to do the job. Your boss doesn't have to do the job. Your parent may have died, but the everlasting father will take over club for the Lord Jesus. So if your child is in the custody or the under the government of God, He's in a good place. And you ought to, the word you couldn't speak, you should push that child to have the word. What Brother Carl is doing out there, what Sister Prudentia, Sister Linda, all of them, what they are doing, let me tell you, is your best chance of rescue for any defect on the assembly line. It's your best chance. And you won't clap too. And you will not clap too. Those who are not clapping, the assembly line, God's everlasting effect will not affect you. Yeah. I changed. I changed. So that boyfriend, that girlfriend, that sister, that brother, that mother, that whatever, never give up on anybody. Just give the government the, onto the shoulders of the Lord. That his government will be upon his shoulder. And it shall be called wonderful. You will see wonders. Yeah. Wonders. When I saw Spencer, he was not this wonderful. The wonders of the Lord had not been done on him. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Where's Patricia? When I met her, she was not this beautiful. God has done wonders. God has done the counseling. God has fathered her. Of course, who says your mom is above the government of the Lord? You yourself, you need government. Hallelujah. Yes. Look at me, your pastor. Today, look, God has really done a wonderful job. 
So that's the news I have for you. For those of you who come to church and you don't write notes, you are not allowing the word to enter you. You are rejecting the government of the Lord. You won't change. It's when the word is sent into Jacob that it lights up Jacob and makes him Israel. Israel means God's version of the original Jacob. What Jacob used to be, God changes and calls it Israel. My prince, my child, my baby. And God says he will make the bride, he will make them without spot or wrinkle and he will present it to himself. God is so proud about the changes he's made in you. God will surprise you about what you become. Joy, you'll be surprised at what your children will become. you mark it somewhere. I give you a year by the grace of God. Yeah. All you need to do is give yourself to the word consistently. God sent his word into. So when you write the notes, when you go read it, when the word of God is coming, open your heart. Is God taking you over? He's polishing you. He's changing and removing all the blemishes, all the negative trends, all the defects that your parents were not able to. Look, parents are not, they, 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 they are not intending not to put the right things in there. Sometimes they don't know what to do. Parenting, any child, any child who has grown to become a parent knows that they were wrong in accusing their parent. It's not easy. When you see what your child has become, you wonder, where did I go wrong? How many have asked that question before? Me, I've asked. One time my wife came crying. Where did we go wrong? How foolish my children were behaving. We went home, cried in the room. What didn't we do? What didn't we do? But whenever you hear that, go to the scripture. Go to the everlasting father. Go to the everlasting father. Go to the everlasting father. And Bible says when God takes over as the everlasting father, he now becomes the prince of peace. He brings peace into your life, into the life of that child, into the life of that spouse. Push people to the word. Discuss the word in your house. Jews have done that so long and so consistently. Their children are always doing well in school, in the job, even they choose spouses for their children. Someone say, I want the everlasting father. From today, take God as your father. Let the government be upon his shoulder. Allow him to rule. Allow him to be the prince of your peace. That's what I have done. Every morning when I wake up and I read the Bible, I'm asking the Lord, what do you want to tell me today? Which part of me do you want to change? Which part of the supply chain or the, 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 the assembly line? Which defect are you correcting? I may have been shipped. You know, sometimes when you are shipped, you ship things and there's a defect. They don't recall. They send you the thing to add. The thing that was missing. They just send it to you. You put it in there. God will not recall you and take you into your mother's womb again. He can fix it on the road. Clap for the Lord Jesus. He fixes us. And you watch people as the years go by, they become better and better and better and better. Hallelujah.
And so that's the So I encourage you, all of you, if we are reading the book of Genesis, read it. Read that chapter every day. And let the word enter you. Don't let your iPhone or iPad or tablet or book be more spiritual than you. You see, like these notes that are being written here. See, these are good notes. But if they remain here, it's not going to affect him. So you write it here, like the notes, and then you make sure that it's in your heart. Do you get the point? So when you write it, then the following morning, when you wake up, you open it. What did pastor preach? And you go back to the scriptures because he's writing it for a purpose. Writing means I want to refer back to it. That's what he's doing. Clap for him. Uh, writing. Only don't write on paper. Next time, bring something that will not fall out. Say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I think that all of the defects on the assembly line will be corrected. Yeah. I'm even surprised my wife married me. Yeah. That's why when you divorce early, so long as a person is a Christian, you can be sure that God is going to work on the person. We are a project for God consistently. And so that your child that is at home, it's an irresponsible behavior not to bring the child to church. Yeah. Or your spouse. It's true. Never give up on anybody. When you give up on anybody, you are actually saying that God is not capable of doing it. And look at how beautiful you've become. You are not like that. Turn to somebody and see that beauty. See that beauty sitting by you. I'm talking about inner beauty. I'm talking about a transformed person. Oh, clap for the Lord Jesus. Look, look, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, we are God's workmanship. We are his workmanship. We are his special masterpiece. He worked on us like we was a carver or a sculptor. Sculpting everyone, chipping away this, chipping away this, correcting this, and look how you become. Yeah. You know, somebody started talking to one of my daughters, and as I started, I thought about it, I said, because the Lord has been working on this daughter for a long time. So somebody saw some beauty. It's like it came initially. You can be rose, but your tongues will show. But suddenly the tongues go away and then the petals are showing red, fluffy and all. Oh, then somebody is attracted. Start talking. I said, wow, I can't believe when this person came, she was so prickly. But now it's so fluffy that somebody sees and says, wow, they don't know how much work God has done. Chipping away the thorns, chipping away the thorns. And now they are beloved. They are about to be married. And what a beautiful thing it becomes. And now somebody who used to be fired is now being given promotion. What? Oh, Bible says, somebody say, it's the doing of the Lord. And it's marvelous in my eyes. Clap for the Lord Jesus. So those of you, when you quarrel at home, you say that we won't go to church. It's foolishness. It's immaturity. Or you get up and, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to church. The word of God is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. Bible says it breaks away like a hammer. Oh, today I want to share with you the love of Jesus, the love of God. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Matthew. Matthew. 
Matthew. Do you want to go to Matthew? Chapter 22. We have a few minutes. Matthew chapter 22 from verse 35. Someone say, if you love the Lord. You know, sometimes as I'm reading the Bible, I can see that something is twisting. Surgery is being done in my heart. Yeah. So, my wife is so smart. When I'm reading the Bible, she doesn't disturb me. Even if there's chores, she says, oh, let God keep working. The hammer is working. You will never say, why have you spent so much time with the Lord? When my wife wanted to go to full-time ministry, I said, go, 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 go. You will only be better when you come back. When my children said they want to preach, I said, go, 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 go. My children said they want to go to Ghana to where Bishop is so that they will become preachers. Today, my son sings for Bishop. I said, go, anytime. I'll pay your fees. What I can do, God will do. When my son says, I want to pastor first, I just go, go, pastor. Go, 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 go. They are much better. I can leave my whole house for one month. Those days when I was Jacob, you leave. You haven't even left the house. I will organize myself. When you are asleep, I know what I'll do. I didn't have a car, but I could go distances. But today, even if I will have a car, I will not do those evil, wicked things. Because the Lord has worked on me. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Don't give up on that child. I said, don't give up on that child. Even the child may have slapped you, but present him to the Lord in prayer, through church, by the word, and have hope. And God will do something wonderful in your life and in that person's life in Jesus name. Amen. The everlasting father. Matthew 22 from verse 35. Then one of them which was a lawyer asked Jesus a question tempting him and saying Master which is a great commandment in the law. Spencer bring me uh, uh, hunger. Which is a great commandment in the law. Then Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. It's just like the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Stay there. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. Then, next, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Do you understand it? The lawyer, you know, lawyers, they interrogate you. They ask Jesus, tempting him, what is the great commandment? Of all, you know how many commandments they have? We have ten commandments. What is the great? Somebody say the greatest, but it's the great commandment. And Jesus said, number one, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, upon all, upon these two, hang the law and the prophet. Those days, the Bible is called the law and the prophet. The law, the commandments, Leviticus, and all that. And the prophets are the Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Lamentation, those are the Lord. So the Lord, the Bible. Bible says that if you love the Lord thy God with all your heart and you love your neighbor as yourself, you may not even need to know the others. 
Because upon, you see, bring the hanger. Lie the law. You know, this is the law. Spencer, come and hold this. You know, hang it up. This is Genesis. It's on it. Bring your jacket. Anybody, bring me some jackets. Bring, bring. This is Genesis. This is Exodus. Leviticus. Numbers. Put it on. Deuteronomy. Joshua. Judges. Ruth. Then you go to New Testament. Give me some New Testament jackets. Yeah, Matthew. Matthew. Mark. Luke. Okay, enough of the gospel. So we are going to. Romans. Good, good. Come, bring it. Romans. You see? Romans. Oh. Now we are, we are, we are into 1 John. 2 John. Jude has also come. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says, in if your plan is to know everything in the Bible, and you can't, if you know only two things, if you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself, all the law and the prophets, if you're sincere, will hang on this. In other words, if you do not love God and you do not love your neighbor, the hunger will fail. Look at that. Look. Jude is falling. You read Jude, it's not. Romans is falling. Matthew. Ah, Leviticus is useless. Ah, ah, Genesis. Oh, you are doing Genesis Bible challenge. Because this one is broken, so everything is falling off. Because the love of God is not in your religiosity. The love of neighbor is not. So everything is useless. They will fall. Because upon they hang on this. If this is failed, you can't love God, you can't love people. Useless reading the Bible. I'm sure you've seen some Christians like that. They know a lot of scriptures, but they don't know any love. That's why they said, they, people say, they call themselves Christians. There's no love. There's no love. They don't love God. They don't love people. They don't love God, therefore they don't go to church. They don't love God, therefore they don't obey his commandment. They don't love God, therefore they don't read the Bible. They don't love God, therefore they are not fruitful. They don't love God, therefore there's no sacrifice. And they don't love people, therefore there's no kindness. There's no faithfulness. They don't love people. Therefore, they steal. Think about it. All the law and the prophets, if you look at the other commandments, it says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your... Then the rest is, thou shalt not steal. If you love your neighbor, you not steal his things. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. If you love people, you will not lie about them. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If you love God like Joseph did, he didn't sleep with Potiphar's wife. Mr. Potiphar is here. Yeah. It was because Joseph loved God. And therefore he said, how can I sin? How can I do this wickedness and sin against God? 
It was his love for God that controlled everything. Why do you think I am doing what I'm doing? I am. Why do you think that I'm preaching? That I drive that number of hours? You know, who was it who was asking? Did he drive here for just this program? I came on Thursday from Fort Smith. Almost a five-hour journey to come to their Valentine program. And I think, who was it who was asking? Uh-huh, Brenda. So he said, Pastor is going back another five-hour. He came just for this program? That was her question. I do think. Because I love God and I love these young people. Hmm. Oh, no, no, I do. Sincerely. No, seriously. Yesterday, I spent a lot of time with them. And then I heard the single mothers, those who were divorced, widowed, who were single parents. I heard them complaining. They said that we call them singles. They should come to University of Memphis. But it's not correct because these are students. So we should have another program for them. Do you know what I did? Yeah. We organized the whole the whole of United States a program because of those comments. Yeah. We had a whole program for them yesterday. Love God and love the people. A church must love God and love the people. When people come here, they don't know, they don't need even to know any scripture you can quote. If they can, you know, people who can read scriptures can read love. Yeah. Maybe they may not understand the scripture. I read a whole lot. But when I show you love, I told you there's no church member I have not hugged. No church member. If I haven't hugged you, then you're new. Yeah. Look at all this. You have Matthew. You have Luke. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Somebody give me a stick to bash this. Chapter 13 from verse 1. Watch this. If, read this. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I have no love or charity, that's love. I am become like sounding brass and tingling cymbal. Noise. Noise. This is what God is hearing, not your prayer. You see how much you're closing your ears, Leanna. This is how it sounds when you are praying without love. Tongues shall hold that up. Bible says, He that speaketh in a unknown tongue speaketh unto God. For no one understanding him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries? No, you speak noise. Noise. It's not mysteries to God anymore when there is no love. When you don't love God and you don't love your neighbor, these are what your tongues will be. You better stop praying. Better stop reading the Bible because upon the love hangs this. Your Bible reading is useless. Your prayer is useless. Stop and laugh. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Keep bashing. Disturb the whole Keep, keep playing, keep playing. Start praying, start praying. Just pray to me. Start praying to me. Make some noise, make some. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. One old lady 
was going to fetch water. Do you know why? Because the landlord had shut all the taps saying that the lady is disturbing or something or just one month rent. That could be an old lady walking in the winter going to fetch water in a distant neighbor's house to take a shower. And then while it was good, that was a landlord who had kicked, kicked, turned off everything because he couldn't pay one man's rent. And while he was going, somebody said, oh, let me help you. Hey, by the way, there's a crusade, a, a Christian crusade going on. Let's go and listen to the message. When the old woman went, who was the preacher but his landlord? Preaching powerfully. People were giving their life to Christ. And then the woman picked the back and said, no, 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 I'm not coming for this. I'm walking away. And then the friend said, why? He said, this man's evil ways are speaking so loud that I cannot hear any preaching. And the lady told the friend the kind of mean things that this man was doing. Immediately, that man also walked away. Ladies and gentlemen, be the example that you preach. Be the word. There's nothing greater. When Jesus came, it was a demonstration of God's word. Love. God loved the world that he gave. What do you give? Number one to God, number two to people. The great commandment and the first is to love God. Many Christians don't love God. You'll be shocked. Many Christians do not love God. Let me tell you a story. This morning, I nearly shed tears when I saw it. There was a couple that were not going to church, coming to church. When I found out, I went and found out. They said, oh, it's because the wife goes to work and therefore the husband cannot make it because they have kids. This was a true story that I was told by one pastor. Yeah. And the pastor said, so the pastor had arranged that, oh, so you have only one car. So your spouse takes it and you can't go to church. So the pastor says, I will arrange my own car every day to come and pick you in the pastor's car. Clap for that pastor. When I heard it, I was so impressed. So the pastor arranged a car, started picking. Now, you won't believe it. When the pastor went to that place that day, lo and behold, both husband and wife were not there. And then the pastor called and called. Then the husband said, oh, yeah, it's because I am at work. The work decided to call me. So I sent my children over to a friend's house who was willing, he's always willing, and then an in-law. So they're taking care of my children so I can go to work. And then the pastor said that what hurt the pastor's heart was the fact that, oh, so he could do that for work. He couldn't do that for God. So you had this alternative that if 
your, your friend is always willing. And it said it was a mother-in-law who could not go to church, who was maybe a little weak. So always there, willing to take care of the children, but you wouldn't when it comes to the house of God, but you will when it comes to the work. God, sometimes I pity God. I mean, I don't know whether the word is pity, but people love things, not God. But the truth is that God is looking for love. I tell the young people, shock your parents by showing them love. Shock your parents. You know, our parents always look like they don't need anything. I was surprised. I was surprised when I sent a little something to my father. My father was so touched. My first pay. My father was doing well. He took me to school and everything. When I got my first pay, I sent my father and I wrote a long letter. Thank you. Do you remember when I was in school? Do you remember when I didn't have this? Do you remember when I have to? I said, Daddy, I love you. Heaven and back. And I will love you always. Can you take? This is my whole check. I want you to have it. You deserve more. And my father couldn't handle it. He said, wow. I thought that he had everything. But that touched him. Show of love touched him so much. And he took the money. And he took, I think, if let's say it's a thousand cities or a thousand dollars. He took maybe a hundred and gave me the rest. He says, I don't need your money, but you've done, the money has done what it needs to do. And started blessing me, blessing me, blessing me. God also needs love. God also needs love. Most parents, you like that child who comes to you and endears, Mom, I just want to chat with you. Just want to sit with you. I want to watch a television with you. Just want to feel you to feel loved. Yeah. I've told the children, write a note to your parent and tell mom, yesterday I saw you very quiet. I hope you're fine. I'm praying for you, okay? Everything will be all right. They will cry. Parents look strong, but they need it. God is the Almighty, but there's nothing that touches him than sheep that love him. Since I kneel down, as I lift my hands and I'm crying, I feel the presence of God. The few times the Lord has spoken to me with my name, it was when I was there adoring God. Today I told God that, God, you're amazing. How do you sustain the heartbeat? I've been almost 60 years. The heart has not stopped once. Yet I don't see anybody fixing any bricks or any accelerator on the heart. But God makes it happen all the time. And I asked the Lord, one important question today. I said, Lord, how do, let's say, a yam or cocoyam or, or potatoes, they are solid. The plant is there. Takes oxygen, takes carbon dioxide from our breath, light, and takes water, nutrients from there. And such a solid thing comes from just liquids. Nothing solid. How did it happen? A sperm and an egg. There's nothing strong about it. They come together and bones form inside. I said, I told, I asked God this morning, how do you do it? I said, no, I'm serious. I was having a chat with him. How do you do it? You use liquid to form solid. You use gas. Do you know that what we breathe in is carbon dioxide? And do you know that the plants breathe in our carbon dioxide? 
and the plants breathe out oxygen and we breathe it in, it's a symbiotic relationship between plants and animals. God created that. And I said, God, you use these gases to make us grow. I kept asking me a lot of questions, but I could see that he liked it. He really liked it because I could feel his presence laughing and enjoying and giggling at my naivety and my naive questioning of the, and then the scripture that came said your ways are past finding out loving God spending time with him chatting with him about his creation about his life yeah how much time do you spend with daddy my children that spend time with me are the ones I'm in love with the most. Yeah. Sometimes you're praying and you fall asleep, but God likes you. You pray so hard, you pray so much, or you pray so little, you fell asleep. He still loves you. People don't love God, eh? People don't love God. But that's a great commandment. I said, that's the great commandment. I said, that is the great commandment. Why do we have to love God? Why? Number one, it's because loving God is your most important duty. Amen. It's the most important duty. It's not about singing if the motive is not loving God. It's not about cleaning the place if the motive is not loving God. Most women would rather a husband comes and chats with them than you bring jewelry. Yeah. Many people have come, Pastor, he should come and take his car. He should come and take his jewelry. I am not, I didn't marry jewelry, I didn't marry car, I married him. These are the words of spouses who feel deserted. When you walk out of your house without talking to God, that's what you're saying. You want God to bring you this, to bring you that? No. Our relationship is first with God. Yeah. Believe me, when you love God, all these commandments will come to you. You will have revelation. I will explain to you in the Bible. He says that, maybe I should show it to you now. Maybe I should show it to you now. <laughs> he says in John chapter 20, John chapter 14, verse 21 and 23. Watch it. Watch it. John, he said, He that has my commandment and keep them, he it is that loves me. Let me read from the Amplified, classic, Amplified. Watch this. He that has my commandments, Amplified. The person that has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Do you get the point? You have his word and you obey it. You really love God. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. That's Jesus speaking. Jesus says, if you love God by obeying his commandment, it shows that you really love God. Huh. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him 
and I will show or reveal or manifest myself to him. Revelation comes to lovers. Yeah. You know, when we are in love, I will tell something. My wife knows far more about me than you because we're in love. Those who are in love with God, they know far more about God than those who just are Christians, churchgoers. Revelation. He says, if you love me, I will reveal myself to you. And you love me by obeying my commandment. I will come. God, Jesus says, I will love you. And my father will love you too. And will show or reveal or manifest myself to him. And I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Now, do you know what that means? All the, is God real? Is God real? The question you should ask is, do I love God? If you love God, God will be real to you. Yeah. Watch people who love God, who worship, who pray, who study the word, and who, above all, study to obey the word. They have a certain revelation about God. They have a certain supernatural life. I mean, when I lay hands on people and they are rolling over, I say, what is it? It's just my love for God that is showing God's presence with me, strong presence with me. Yeah. Christians are not supposed to live a regular life. The presence of God should make things supernaturally acting. And it's because of obedience. Most Christians don't even read the Bible, less so to obey. Last week, we checked. Only 12% of Christians read the Bible regularly. Only 34 read the Bible once in a while. And 42% even read the Bible at all. It means more than half of Christians don't even read. If you don't read the word, how can you use it to love God? The most important thing you must do in your life. That is not done. But 100% walk into the church. Look how the full the church is. If of the people that come to church, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Bible is their thing. They read, they worship, the questions, they have an interaction. Your life will be so supernatural. Eh? As it is, you're on your own. God does not manifest himself to you. The reality of his presence, I can feel the presence of God. Even when I'm having difficulty in my workplace. Oh yeah. Literally. And Christians who are close to God will tell you. You know, how come you can't say God said? And God spoke to me. You should be able to say that. Because he really manifests himself to them. Verse 23. And watch this. Uh-huh. Verse, verse, verse 22. Then Judas said, how come you don't show yourself to some other people? Uh-huh. Verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot. No, no, bring verse 22. Judas asked, smart question. He's now finding out, wow, if this is the case, how come some people don't feel it? And he answered. He said, how come? How is it that you will reveal yourself, make yourself real to us and not to the world? And not to the world. Watch this. And not to the world. Some Christians are in church, are with the church, but they are in the world. He doesn't reveal. He reveals to those who love his word and obey. But we brought the world into the church. You'll be surprised. Mama Janet, you'll be surprised that as we're in the church, the only thing that's different is we're sitting in church. 
when we live here there's nothing christian about us no bible no worship no obedience no fasting no nothing the most that people do is perhaps they pray and most prayer is selfish it's because of what you need not what because of god when was the last time that you prayed and when you prayed you prayed lord let your church grow or lord i pray for other church members lord i pray for the past not about you the bible says the miracle that job had but breakthrough is because job prayed for his friends yeah if your prayer is about love for god and others you get more miracles than when you pray for yourself i don't remember the last time i prayed for myself sincerely and it's because of you because most of my time is spent praying for you by the grace of god yeah anytime most of most the reason why christians pray is not because of god because of themselves that is why the most common activity of christians is prayer not because christians are spiritual because Christians have needs and they know how to get it there. But, on the other hand, Christians, if they would take their Bible, that's not a prayer. That's God speaking to them. And they will write Jacob. God sent his word into Jacob and it transformed him with light to Israel. Your change is not in the prayers you pray for yourself. I can assure you. That's why the Bible says that when you pray, you don't even need to God knows what you need before you pray. And he says, enter the closet and be with him. Don't let even anybody see anything. Just be with me. Love God. If most spouses will speak, they will say, you just speak. They would, even if you don't have money and you are with me, I would like it. Only that after a while, they will say that, where is the money? But the truth is that they want you more than your money. God doesn't want your money. Remember, the silver and the gold, they belong to the Lord. Some people, they said that when you bring into the church, it's because you want offering. Offering? Offering? Come on now. When you are not here, the church went on. When you came, it didn't become better. Not that you are not useful, but what I'm trying to tell you, it's not your money. Jesus said it. I don't reveal myself to just anybody, especially when they are of the world. That was a very smart question. And then he explained further. He said, in verse 23, and Jesus explained further, I said, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word and obey my teachings and my father and will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, our abode, our special dwelling place with him. Let me tell you, God is looking for Christians who love his word, who want to hear him, who want to do his will, and just to make his home with them. God, when he comes, he latches on to you. It's very difficult to sack him. Latches on. Latches on. The presence of God is with those who love his word and love to obey him. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll make my home with you. Any act of disobedience drives God away. Any day you walk without the Bible drives God away. Satan even likes it. Satan likes to drive the word from you because that's what keeps the presence with you. When he came to the garden, he drove the word out. He convinced Adam and Eve to throw away what God has said, the word. Little did they know 
that that is what keeps God's presence with them. Little did they know that the presence of God they had is because they had his word and kept his word. And therefore he came to make his home with them in the garden. The day they rejected the word as nonsense because of Satan's interference, their abode relationship was terminated. They had to go out of the garden. Yeah, I can assure you, Christian relationship with God is directly related to the amount of Bible you read and more importantly, the obedience that you apply to the word. That's what Adam and Eve lost. That's what Satan attacked in the garden. The word of God. Has God indeed said so? And put doubt and put rejection and put no, 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 not the word to Adam and Eve. That was it. That's all he needed to do. And that's all that the devil needs to do. If you can't prevent them from coming to church, then prevent them from doing what brings God to them. Let God be just restricted to the church. But when they leave here, no presence. No presence. No presence. No presence. Me, I've decided. No Bible, no breakfast. Me, I've told myself, no Bible, no breakfast. In other words, no God, no breakfast. I want the presence of God in everything I do. Everything I do. I never walk out of my house without having read the Bible and written something down that I will do. I want the presence of God. The thing that happened to Adam and Eve is happening to the church, I can assure you. Most people reject the word being preached. They will go home with the stories but not with the scripture. They will remember the assembly line but not the scripture that I quoted as the everlasting father. But it's better to forget the assembly line story and rather to experience Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, 7, and 8. It's getting quiet. Let me tell you, you've heard many of us pastors preaching, oh, God will bless you. You have a breakthrough. Ah! Your nightmares are over. Your days of want and lack are over. It's a lie. They've just begun. That's not the correct teaching. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things shall be added. We should not be, we should, we've come so, we should not be preaching about material things in church. Matthias says, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow you. Not all that, not you will chase it. They will follow you. They will follow. Following means that you don't have to work. You work at the things that are in front of you and then things are following you. Follow, they follow. We don't follow goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy follows us. When the Lord is our shepherd, we shall know. He make, if he can mix, make us do things, make us lie down. If he can make us, goodness and mercy will follow us. Many of us are chasing goodness and mercy. I beg you. I'm not saying that it's not good to eat. Or it's not good to have a job. That's not what I'm saying. Said, take your priorities right. Love God. Everything else will fall in place. Love God. Love his word. Let him make his abode with you. 
Let him live with you. Let him stay with you. Haven't you heard even spouses saying, what's the use of marrying? He doesn't listen to me. I can't talk to him. People don't like people who cannot be talked to or related with. You can bring all the gold. There's no relationship, no chatting. Forget it. Forget it. Me, I've decided that God should talk to me. And by the way, your speech is not as important as God's speech. Yeah. Your prayer, blah, 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 can become tingling symbol. There's no love in what you're talking about. Have you seen a guy who's talking to a girl, but there's no love? They just want your immigration papers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, ser I'm serious. They just want what you have. Not who you are. Many Christians want what God has, not who he is. Why go for the bread instead of the baker? Think about it. If I can have the baker. Yeah. I do not go to the house and go straight to the kitchen. I go to my wife. I get everything. I come first and kiss my wife. Not kiss the microwave. Go for the gold, my dear. Go for God. Aim steadfastly at God. Target God as your aim for this Christian life. Love him. You don't need to love anything else. The other things will love you. Will follow you. Try it. No, don't try it. Do it. Do it. Do it in faith. It's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. He will make his abode. The most Christians don't have the presence of God with them. But Joseph, he decided to obey God. How can I do this wickedness and sin against God? He was in prison, but his presence was with him. God had made his presence with him. Bible says, read Genesis chapter 39. I'm talking to you about loving God and therefore obeying his commandments. Genesis chapter 39, from verse 1 and 2. Bible says everything. And Joseph was brought down to Jesus. Then the next verse, verse 2, says, And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was prosperous. And he was in the house of the... I mean, the Lord's presence made Joseph prosper. Do you know why? Joseph had the word and obeyed the word. Kept the word. Even when nobody was there, it was just Potiphar's wife. He decided to keep the word. People who are like that, who don't need any supervision to do the right thing by God, the presence of God is with them. Oh yeah. Even if you are in prison. Even if you are a slave. Even if you are in Potiphar's house. Even if you are with enemy brothers and sisters. Uh -huh. Today I challenge you. Be a Christian properly. A Christian of the word. A Christian lover. A Christian lover. Let me tell you before you go. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 20 downward. 
20 to 22, and I will surprise you as a last statement. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Even God is looking for lovers to choose for heaven. Watch this. He said, by their fruits you shall know them. Next verse, verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. The will is the word. That's the word. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, including pastors who prophesy? Watch this. And in your name, come on, in your name, giving cast out devils. This sounds like a, somewhere that looks very spiritual. You have a gift of casting out demons. You have a gift of prophesying. And in your name, we did many wonderful works like the choir. Came for choir practice. Instrumentalist. When the film stars. But look what the Lord would say to them in verse 23. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. You may be even moderator like Devonia, Kayla, whoever. You may be in front of the church. That's not the main thing. Love God. Let it be motivated by the love. Bring the love of God into the thing. He said, depart from me. But all this that I did, God, I did that. I prophesied. I preached. I cast out devils. I spoke in tongues. I, I led. I was the, in the choir. I led the lead vocals. I never knew you. I never. The word is never. Not even once. I was not with you. I never knew you. I never knew you. Not that I knew you. I've forgotten about you. I have not forgotten. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. Do you want the secret to overcome this? Do you want the neutralizer of this? Do you want to know how you will never hear such a word? This is it. Nobody will hear this word. I'm telling you here. If you hear what I'm saying, nobody will be told I never knew you. God will never tell you. Do you know how you can prevent God from doing it? Nobody should leave this place having that in mind. And God should never be able to tell you by what? By means of what? 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3. If any man loves God, that person is known by him. Clap for the Lord Jesus. If you love God, you are known by God. God can never tell you, I never knew you. That's the key. So this topic that I'm bringing is the key, the best key to be sure that you will never be rejected by God. That the presence of God will be with you. That God's home will be around you. He said, if any man, anybody, it doesn't matter, young, old, sinner, whatever it is, no matter who you are, your history, if you begin to love God, he will have to Admit that I know you. I know you. So the key, that's why it's the first and great commandment. If you can do that, he can never refuse you. He has to live with you. He has to identify with you. He cannot reject you. 
I have decided of all the things that church folk do, I've chosen one, to love God and to love people. Clap for the Lord Jesus. To love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. It's not the wonderful works. It's not the prophecies. It's not the casting out of demons. It's not the leading prayer meetings. If I love God, my prayer meeting will be better. My leading in the choir will be better. I may be singing, but I was singing as a lover of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important. Jesus said it is the number one, is the great, is the first. And he said, without it, nothing else matters. Everything will fall because everything hangs and hinges on that, on your love for God. God is rescuing and bringing lovers into the kingdom, not wonders workers not demon casters not people who prophesy not tongue speaking Christians he's bringing lovers who obey him who love his word and he will never reject you if any, someone say any anybody any man love God that same guy is known so from next week going we are going to be talking about what it means to love God you know what love can be learned Learning love. I've been learning love. You can learn. When I woke, when I married, I didn't know how to love a woman. I didn't know how to love a woman. I learned it from the Bible. Today I'm a good lover. Yeah, my wife is happy by the grace of God. You can learn. Love can be taught to love. Everybody has a love language. You have to learn. God says, husband, live with your wives according to knowledge. You have to learn, study a person to see what makes them feel love. We're going to learn how to be included in the people that are called lovers. Kayla, you will never go to hell. In Jesus' name. You will never be rejected at the door. Oh yeah. Joyce, your whole Christian life can be wasted if you don't learn how to love God. This, perhaps, this month and this series of messages will perhaps be the most important because it's about the most important law. If any man love God, he cannot be rejected. Put your hands together, rise to your feet. Next week, God willing. That's why I chose it for Valentine's Greater Love Day. Amen. How many love the message so far? Tell somebody, it's not condemning you. It's helping you. You will become great. You will be blessed. You know where you should start? Just read the Bible. And what you read, just do. And see the presence of God come to you. Just start. This week. Tomorrow we are going Genesis chapter what? 11 or 12 or 13, whatever. Genesis chapter something. Start somewhere. And read a chapter a day. And decide I'll learn something to do. And challenge God. God, you will never be able to say that I don't know you. Anybody that picks God's word, you are hearing God's voice. When God can talk to you, he knows you. Remember this. If I have an ability, if I can call you and chat with you, my words can come to you. It means what? It means I know you. The reason why God says I don't know you, they don't even know his voice. 
they don't listen. Christians don't listen, don't do the word. Scripture is useless to most Christians. I can assure you, more than half of us have not read the Bible since last week. I can, if I like, you like, I'll test it for you. Yeah. But anybody who you talk to regularly, the person can never deny you. Especially, you prove that you spoke to the person by doing what the person said. He can never deny you. Never. Never. That's why when they are investigating crime, they check their cell phones. Who has been talking to you? Who do you know? The devil knows this better. And therefore, he uses it to drive people out that they can never come to God. God has to deny his own creation. Adam, and I don't know you. He had to deny Adam and Eve. I don't know. Get out of the garden. I don't know you. And put guards around the garden. You can't come in here. I can't, I can't relate with you anymore. I can't relate with you. He had to destroy his whole creation. I don't know you. Why should you be in church and be destroyed? But I don't know you. Me, I've refused to deny God's word. I will read it. Is the most important and I will do it. Put your hand on your heart. Father, thank you for everyone. And lift up your hand. One hand on your heart, one hand in heaven. And speak to the Lord. Lord, teach me how to love you. Teach me how to love you. I've loved myself. I've loved money. I've loved any, everything else. But now I know that I have not loved you. I don't even know your commandments. I don't even know your voice. I've never emphasized your word. But now I want to champion that course of knowing your word. Letting you talk to me every day. I don't want to hear those words. I never knew you. Father, help your children. Teach us. Help us. Help your church. Somebody is being given a promotion. Somebody by this prayer, the presence of God is going with you. The next interview, you will stand out. The next exam, you will excel. His presence will teach you different things. Will grant you ideas. A blessing is coming your way. Because of this new life of his word. What Adam and Eve rejected in the garden, that drove them out. You are going to emphasize, that's the word. And it will take you back into the garden, into his presence. And he will walk with you in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Kelvin, where are you? Kelvin, where are you? Gabby, where are you? Ofambi, where are you? Listen to those words. When you wake up in the morning, may you hear, where are you? Then it means you need to pick up and read your word. He said, I heard your voice and I hid myself. I heard your voice, but I hid Instead of going for your voice to see what you want, I hate myself. I'm too busy. I'm naked. I don't want to have anything. I doubt your word. Father, forgive your people. Forgive us. Come and live with us again. Bring us back close to you. May we not be rejected anymore. I rebuke the spirit of rejection. I pray for a new life of the garden. I pray for obedience. I pray, let not your people hurt ourselves by the things that we do, everything else apart from your word. Forgive us.
transform us. May this church be a church of lovers. May this church be a church of your presence. Follow us into your home. May goodness and mercy follow us as you speak to us. If you are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender your life. You really feel repentant at heart. And you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and surrender. You want to give him another chance to transform you. Lift up your right hand. Now pray with you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Anybody here, you have not given your life. Okay, put your hand down. You are here. You've decided to walk with Jesus through the word and to obey his word and you want God to help you to obey, to read and to obey. Lift up your hand. Everybody should lift your hand by now. You want to read the word, understand it and be able to obey it. Lift up your hand. Father, look at these hands. Transform us into people who love your word and who you make your home with. Like Jesus explained, if you have my word and you obey them, I will love you. My father will love you. We'll reveal ourselves to you and we'll make our home with you. Please be comfortable around us from today. Let your spirit be comfortable. Let your angels enjoy our company and transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, weren't you blessed by that anointed word of God? Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.